Well, today on our show, we're talking all about mentoring and the importance of community. And my guests coming into the studio soon, Paul Morris and Matt Hill, are former pastors and now leadership consultants and experts. And we're going to be talking all about mentoring. How should we mentor? How do we be, become mentors? The importance of community and why it's important for men to establish and develop deep friendships. And we're going to talk about, yes, how old I am and my relationship with Paul Morris that spanned 28 years and how he personally mentored me in my journey and in my own trajectory. That's all coming up soon in studio. That's next. Welcome to another show on Your Story with Melinda, and I'm so excited to have my two guests with me today. We're going to dive right in to get to know them a little bit more, Paul Morris and Matthew Hill, or Matt Hill, both former pastors, and now both of them working in leadership facilitation and development as consultants and facilitators. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. I love our coordination here in blues. Very (laughs) planned. Absolutely. I know our topic today is about mentoring, mentorship, community. It's, it's broad, but I think it's important for our viewers and listeners to really ha- get some takeaways at the end of the show on how to do it well, how to mentor well uh, one another, how to be a part of a community, how to find a community, because I think those are really important things that a lot of, not just millennials, but Gen Xers are searching for. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, I want to get to know a little bit about you. Oh, Paul, mm-hmm. my longest friend. 28 years, uh, longer than you've been alive now? You you hit the number on the (laughs) Okay, that actually makes me feel a little. Okay, so 28 years we've been friends. Tell us a little bit about you because it just gives some background as to why you're so passionate about mentorship and community. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll talk in a minute perhaps about my own mentoring story and my passion and my focus for mentoring really did come out of my personal experience. It came out, out, of, out of what was invested in my life. But in terms of my background, um, I, I thought I was going to be perhaps a teacher. I thought maybe a lawyer. I thought about broadcasting, actually. And eventually found myself uh, realizing pastoral ministry was going to be my focus. Mm-hmm. So started interning. That's actually, we met at a common church yep. is where we, I think you were 15. I was 14. I was 15. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, lots of dim sum together, solving <laughs> yes. the world's problems over oh, dim yes. sum. And, uh, but eventually found myself in the context of doing pastoral work. And that was uh, a part of my focus and my objective. That was, became my, my training in terms of my school and my experience. But I also had this parallel track as well of leadership development. I found myself uh, in a leadership development organization, actually the one I'm working at now. I was there many, many years ago. Uh, but found myself eventually at a church, a local church here called the Meeting House, and was on staff for oh, attending two years, on staff for 10 years, a variety of different roles, was involved in uh, planting a site in our downtown Toronto uh, area, and involved in providing some leadership and oversight for our, past, our pastor community. Mm-hmm. Uh, but five years ago, uh, changes happened, turned the big 4-0, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. sense of transition was taking place. So it was time to go back into the corporate world where I was before. So actually connected the exact same organization, uh, Eagles Flight is where I'm on staff currently. 
uh, doing leadership training development, uh, working with organizations helping to enhance their cultures, helping them to build trust and relationship. So applying the skills I had used and the muscles in the church context mm -hmm. now into the corporate world, that's where I find myself five years later. Wow, I was going to say that makes a lot of sense to be in sort of this leadership world because I think you probably learned a lot about that in the church world, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Lots of transferable skills yeah. and opportunities to uh, to apply what I learned in that context. Yeah, good. So good background because we're going to get back to that because I know that some of those skills are going to come out and, and learnings as we go and talk about mentoring. Yeah. Matt, what about mm -hmm. you? What's your bit of your story and how you got here? Yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up expecting always to be in business. Uh, doing the mm -hmm. same thing that my dad and his brothers did, which right out of business school, I was working in insurance. Uh, and believe it or not, there wasn't a lot of life for me in the insurance <laughs> industry. And so similar to Paul, in a way, I was pulled out of that and uh, went to Tyndale for biblical studies and theology uh, and started working at a church during that program. Uh, and alongside that was part of, brought into a leadership program, uh, an internship program where I started wrestling with things and, and questioning, okay, is this really what I want to be doing? Is this what I should be doing, uh, an area to use my strengths and abilities? Uh, and interestingly enough, along this journey, uh, there were people, uh, and people who I would look back on now call mentors, who were able to help me wrestle with some of that. Uh, and coming out of that experience of working in the church, uh, I found a place at Eagle's Flight as well. Uh, where Paul is, uh, being able to develop young leaders and be able to identify not just strengths within myself, but develop those strengths in other people. Uh, but all the while, I look back on that journey and think there were men and women who were able to speak life into me and speak truth into me, mm -hmm. but also uh, where I could find a safe place to be able to find that in myself too, which is uh, so encouraging. So that's a little bit about my professional mm -hmm. story and personal story uh, as well. That's good. Tell me uh, a significant moment where somebody in your life, whatever age, uh, mentored you or you know, had a, a friendship where there was some intentionality about seeing mm -hmm. you grow and learn. Because I think that could be different and, and yeah. it won't be so scary when I, we say the word mentoring yes. for people mm -hmm. who are listening. Yeah, initially I think when you say mentoring, uh, people feel that's somehow unattainable. That's not, that's not mm -hmm. for me. That's for people that are whether it reflects their leadership status, their education. But my first experience of mentoring was when I was 17 years old. I was thinking about becoming a teacher. Uh, so I met with a, a teacher. He was a member of our congregation, our, our church at the time, and just wanted to pick his brain, wanted to get some insights, uh, some best practices. And quickly, as we connected, and he was offering his insight um, and absolutely mentoring me in that context of just sharing some of his life experience with teaching, but pretty soon the conversation turned to my life, my growth, my development, my spiritual life. Mm -hmm. And uh, it kind of snuck up on me and he started to ask questions about where I was at with God, what was happening with my spiritual journey. And one of the things I'll never forget, he clearly said, he said, you need somebody to invest in you. You need somebody just to meet with on a one-on-one -on -one basis to, to encourage you and help to, uh, to clarify things. And I just said, great, how about you? And that started a weekly gathering. Uh, we would just get together very simply in our context. The purpose of that mentoring context was more my spiritual development. So we would get together and just open up the Bible, uh, talk about prayer. We would apply it. We'd practice it. I could bounce my questions off of him. But I look at that event, that moment, that relationship as the pivot moment in my own spiritual walk, uh, my spiritual journey, where all of a sudden I began to see consistency. I began mm -hmm. to see 
uh, what I would have described as more of a roller coaster uh, experience of, of my spiritual journey, uh, find uh, some of its tracks and find some of it of the depth that I was looking for and craving. Mm-hmm. So it was the right time, the right place. Somebody saw the opportunity and just offered to to connect, and I, I took them up on that, and that absolutely changed the course of my life. And you were seventeen. 17 years old, yeah. That's and, significant. And that's where that, mm-hmm. that became encoded. So that ethos of mentoring, again, it didn't, for me, develop out of a book or uh, you know something that I had seen. It, it happened personally. I experienced it. Mm-hmm. And so I had the blueprint because I knew the kinds of things that this uh, individual had, had practiced and done and the questions he asked me. And I just simply began to try to practice those muscles as well, yeah. make myself available, see opportunities, see potential in people, and uh, and 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 try to be very intentional about it, uh, and realizing the impact it made in my life. Mm, yeah. That's good. Mm. That's great, Matt. What about you? A, a mentoring moment that you remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine. My first would be I, I was about twenty or twenty-one, uh, getting towards the end of my time in Bible school, and it was a dean of students who. It's funny. I, I think back to. Uh, business school and in my professional life, and you would always hear leaders say, "Hey, my door is always open." Mm. I go, "Wonderful," uh, but for some reason, why didn't you close it? <laughs> on this fatal uh, weekday, I decided to take someone up on that who who said it and knock on his dean of students' door, and his door, in fact, was open. And we had a similar conversation where I said, "Hey, I'm struggling a little bit with certain areas, of my academics, my spiritual life, and I just want to talk about it." Uh, and he was willing to listen. Uh, but I also made the ask to say, hey, can we make this regular? Mm-hmm. Is this something that we can do, mm-hmm. just a touch point uh, for me to discuss these things, but in a safe place mm-hmm. where I don't feel like results are on the line, so to speak. I can just, hey, can we talk about these things? And it was unbelievable. It really, I look back on that and it changed the trajectory of so many different areas of my life. Mm-hmm. And Paul spoke to consistency and I see that too, where I was this young whippersnapper trying to figure things out, but that gave me a level of, you know what, he's been there. Uh, I can look ahead to where he is now, and from my perspective, he's achieved a lot of success in different areas of his life. And the number one question that I would ask, how did you get there? What did you do when you encountered this situation? Can you help me? And can I learn from some of that wisdom gleaned from your experience too? Uh, so that relationship, really changed the way that I viewed so many different areas of my life, but also how I can engage within relationships with men and women yeah. who have yeah. gone before. That's good. Now, there might be people saying, well, you know, you went to a teacher and somebody from a church congregation, yeah. so they were kind of already set up mm-hmm. to be mentors. Uh, for an average person who's like, I'm busy, I'm a busy mom, or, you know, I'm, I'm a father who provides, uh, how does that actually happen yeah. for me to to really because I, I you know I, maybe there are people who are saying you know I want to give back to you know young people and help but I'm 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 so busy you well, know today I actually think I, I do actually think that the first challenge isn't time I do think the first challenge is mindset mm. Mm. I think most people feel they don't have perhaps something to offer they're not somebody to be consulted and and it, my conviction on that is as long as you have a focus in your life to, to grow, uh, that you want to learn, and you are trying, you're striving, getting it wrong, making mistakes, but as long as you are trying to grow, then you have experience, and you have perspective, and you have a mindset to offer that help and support to somebody else. 
is you're just a mentor is just someone who's just a little bit farther along the path. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a black belt. You don't have to have proficiency, but you just have to have be a little bit longer along the road. And my experience is there are so many people that are starving for mentoring. They want it, mm-hmm. particularly in my uh, drawing back from my pastoral days. Um, Young women are looking for older women to invest in them, and that was always such the greatest challenge, just being really open-handed and honest, mm-hmm. is um, they desire this, they want this, they want to be invested in, they want to have some uh, encouragement, uh, but it, it really just requires people that are trying to grow themselves and yeah. make themselves available. It's not hours and hours. Mm-hmm. It's not a lifetime commitment. It could be very time-bound. It could be... Uh, a meeting a month, it could be a meeting a week. Uh, but if it is something you have value for, you've received the value, I think it's always possible to carve off a few moments of your schedule mm-hmm. to make yourself available for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that idea of mindset, I think, wouldn't just be on the mentor side of the equation. Yeah. It's on the other side, too. That's right. And I remember at so many points in my life thinking, well, what value can I offer? Or will this person want to They won't spend want time to be, yeah, they won't want to. They, Who am I? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> will they want to give that time, yeah. give that effort? Um, but again, that idea of mindset that yes. I see something in them, mm-hmm. there's low risk in just asking. That's right. In making the ask. Because there's really these two parallel things that are playing themselves out. And for your your listeners or people that are watching right now, probably the, the some people need to receive the challenge to offer themselves as somebody yeah. who will go out and be available to others to mentor. And there's other people that need to take up the challenge to go and ask yeah. for it. And there's equal onus there. There's equal responsibility for uh, if, if you're wanting it, it probably isn't just gonna show up at mm-hmm. your door. It's probably not gonna be the magical conversation. Right. I had to say to my mentor at 17, will you do it? Mm-hmm. Now, he was very wise and strategic. He made himself available. He challenged me and said, this is what you need. Mm-hmm. But I had to have the tenacity to ask for it. And just I hearing even in your story, Matt, uh, and I've felt the same. For the mentors in my life, I have been, um, I've gone after them. I've, I've asked. Sometimes they've said no, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not an indictment on who I am or my worth or anything else. They've been wise to say no, perhaps, of, of their time commitments, of what they could offer. But, um, but both are required. The mindset that you can mm-hmm. mentor people if you are focused on just trying to grow and trying to go a little further along the path. And if you're somebody who wants it, you have to have a, a mindset to look for it mm-hmm. and look for opportunities and those people that you want to, to learn from. That's good. What's your story, the two of you? I mean, there obviously there is a, I would say, a mutual mentoring and friendship, a, a natural one as well. Uh, what's your story of how this came about? Was it something that you had heard about each other and sort of found each other? Or what, what did that look like? Yeah. So <laughs> what we'll probably find out is one of the things you'll know about me is I have a Horrific memory for details, <laughs> All right. on, on especially in big life details. Yeah. So uh, I usually rely on people to fill in okay. the, the, the script for well, me. What did I start? I do remember we met. Yeah. What were the events that led up to that meeting? Okay, so. I'm testing you right now. Yeah. Not because That's what a mentor does. Part of mentor. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's testing. testing. It's testing. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. Constantly, constantly, constantly. <laughs> well, I was going through this period of transitioning out of pastoral ministry, mm-hmm. uh, and I was looking for help and asking for help from lots of different people. And as I was requesting that help, a certain name came up in three or four different conversations and continued to come up. And found, interestingly enough, this name found itself in my contacts list 
three different times. Mm -hmm. okay. Spelled three different ways. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> and that name was Paul Morris, or yeah. Paul Morai. <laughs> Good old Paul Morai. Yeah. Paul Morai. And again, okay. you it's one thing to ask for help, but it's another thing to yeah. put that mm -hmm. help into action. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the, the name found itself in my phone, and I just happened to send a text. And you and I, yep. that name was Paul. Uh, we met for dinner, and it was so natural. It was just we were meeting as friends. Uh, and I remember the shifting conversation. We were having dinner, meeting, yeah. getting to know each other. And Paul asked, how can I help? Like, what is it that I can do? And at no point did I say I need help from you. Mm -hmm. It was like, what can I do? What can I offer to help you? And that really shifted everything yeah. yep. for me. And can I yeah. piggyback yeah. on that? Because it's maybe helpful for, uh, for viewers to get both sides of the equation of what's, mm -hmm. what's going on there. So Matt having the, the mindset to look for support uh, he's, he was in a, a place looking for a next step. And I think that often is the role of the mentor, is just to support individuals and helping them to take their next step, whether it's spiritual, whether it could be from a health perspective, it could be from a career uh, perspective, helping them take the next step. So then my version, I'm, I'm, I'm of course, I'm going to that conversation uh, anticipating mm -hmm. that he's looking for some sort of um, guidance or some sort of reflection. And just whenever that happens for me, uh, first of all, I rarely say no. I've just kind of made it. This, if this is a, a, an ethic for me, if somebody reaches out, I, I will always say yes to at least one meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the second thing is just as we're connecting, to be honest, I'm usually just praying to myself. I'm thinking, all right, God, what do I have for this person? Because mm -hmm. I, I've, listen, I'm 45 years old. I'm a leadership consultant. I've stood in front of hundreds or thousands of people, and I still have all those inadequacies. Do I have something worthwhile? Can mm -hmm. I give them something? Maybe I'm not going to be able to give them what they need. So I'm just, all right, God, I, I want to give them something. What do they need? Mm -hmm. And I think as a mentor, being curious, listening, not coming in with assumptions, not trying to prove or to look good, but just, just to be very present in that moment to help them take the next step. And it doesn't, my, in my experience, it doesn't take a lot, just a, li a little bit of encouragement, mm -hmm. a little bit of listening, that that can produce dramatic results yeah. for people. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think it's unique, I mean, as men, do you think it's unique how this connection happened? Because my, I don't want to generalize, maybe I am, but I, I feel that men don't naturally want to go out and seek out help or yeah. seek out wisdom, unless it's maybe for work, a work skill or something to mm -hmm. develop their own skills. Mm -hmm. So would you say this relationship is unique or would you say, you know, maybe maybe talk into that and, and how is, especially for men, can they get past a bit of, you know, the, that the issue they may have that it's like, I, I don't want to look like I'm, I'm not self-sufficient and I can't figure things out myself. Yeah, well, there's more challenges than that. It's like, and we are talking in broad mm -hmm. generalizations yeah. here, but I think often guys, even culturally, aren't given the tools to relate to each other very well mm -hmm. and to connect about words like, how am I feeling right now? What am I experiencing? Mm -hmm. I think this makes it hard for guys to get help when they need help yeah. uh, often. Again, these are huge generalizations. Mm -hmm. I think both of us having come from pastoral backgrounds, mm -hmm. we had that in our favor. It was a, a language that was probably wasn't uh, unfamiliar or able to have the, the deeper conversations. But I'd be interested in your perspective mm -hmm. on just yeah. what are the challenges of guys seeking out or is this something that's common? No, I, I agree again, total yeah. generalization. I think for some guys, some friends that I have, it, it might be easier, mm -hmm. but it has to, I think it's that underlying 
trust. Like there needs to be trust developed. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, my relationships or relationships with guys are fostered by, did you catch the game last night? <laughs> or those sorts of, and right. I get into those conversations all that I enjoy those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we could talk at end about those sorts of topics without ever really diving in and saying, so what's going on in your life? Yep. Yeah. And what's, what's underneath that? But and and here's the thing, it's my bias. Challenge me because I'm one person. But <laughs> oh, I will. oh, we will. <laughs> yeah. say, oh, we will. <laughs> it's my bias that that people want to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. They just need some permission that it's okay to talk about what I'm the challenges, what I'm ex- experiencing. So it does take some courage just to mm-hmm. uh, to give people an open door. I I, I let people lead. In those conversations, I let them lead uh, to how far they want to share, what they want to talk about. I don't make any assumptions, mm-hmm. and I don't make any assumptions that I have any entitlement to talk about some of these issues that are really yeah. close to their hearts. Yeah. And I try every step of the way. I'll say things like, "You can push back at any time. You don't you know? I, I don't want to put any pressure. This, is, but um, I really try to just just help them take a next step to ask a question." To create that safety, to create that mm-hmm. that um, that trust. Like I'm not going to. People are afraid of being judged. They're afraid of, mm-hmm. you know, of um, being shown of, of somehow not having it all together. Yeah. And I think the most you can do to create that safety is tell some of your own story first. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you about when I was in a career change mm-hmm. and the mindset I had. I was scared out of my wits. I had all this insecurity. I was. I felt like things were coming apart. And when a mentor models that for somebody else, mm-hmm. I think they create safety mm-hmm. that, oh, I can, first of all, they, they think, thank God, somebody I can yeah. relate to, yeah. uh, that they're experiencing what I am. And it gives them some permissions yeah. and safety to just share to their, their own experience. Yeah. What I like what I'm hearing is that it's not this form formulaic no. way. What I'm hearing from both of you is that there's story and relationship and trust involved. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when people hear mentoring, it's not this, now you're going to do this, this, and this. It's like actually being courageous to trust one another with your story and, and help relate and connect in ways that I can give you something, you can give me something. And yeah. it doesn't matter about age. Yeah. It's, a, it's a matter of experience mm-hmm. and, and things that, you know, of your understanding. In that, how would you say mentoring and why is mentoring like what you're talking about so important in community for, for an individual? You know, you, you, we're looking at generations where people feel disconnected, they're lonely, they, they, they can't find a community to be a part of. What would you say is why mentoring is important within mm-hmm. community? Yeah, yeah. I, I think about like my personal group of friends of the different communities that I'm a part of and even going into our relationship. I had so many great friends who I would consider peers mm-hmm. and where we can be ourselves at our worst and it's like there are peers, my closest friends and those are wonderful relationships mm-hmm. and those are the people that there's so much shared experience involved in those relationships. What I think is unique about mentoring is there's this, not assumed, but there's this focus on growth and development. Uh, it is, and it's really the, where the conversation yeah. tends to go. Uh, for exa- for us, for example, every time we meet, it's, okay, how is this going and how are you doing in this area? Mm-hmm. So to talk about growing and developing that individual, but also being able to take Paul's perspective and say, this is what where I've been. Uh, and that's where it's unique in terms of the community, where with my peers, we still have conversations like that, but there's not the level of experience or the, the experience is more shared, where Paul is able to say, hey, 
10 years ago or 15 years ago. You're Because I'm right? old. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I mean, we have, to, we have to talk about that. Yeah, we do. Let's be able to fit in the room. How old is that guy? But I think, yes, and to, to build on that, I think I've always tried to view mentoring relationships as time-bound, never a... And, and even in them, preparing people for the time uh, mm. when they don't need you in the same way. I, I think it should always be a goal if you are committed to mentoring people to level out the relationship. And I hope um, that I've acted in such a way that I feel like you can challenge me or you can question or you can, <laughs> oh, absolutely. which you have. <laughs> and and I, I see, because at, one, at some point he is getting muscles in certain areas and, uh, and that relationship will change. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. that's okay. I think some people can perhaps feel threatened by that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think it's very important that mentors don't try to get their identity of themselves as a mentor. Mm-hmm. They're here to help people take a next step. And it may be for a couple months. It may be for a couple years. But just like, uh, I hate to use parental uh, analogies sometimes, but it's the goal of the parent to help kids uh, get older and and the measure of success is they don't need to lean on you in the same way the dynamic changes mm-hmm. as they get older and so I think for me the best context of mentoring our friendship and rooting it as friendship and and for the mentor to make themselves vulnerable to, to share their faults to let them see the mm-hmm. the ugly parts the scars the the places where they're immature mm-hmm. all of that um, to pop the bubble and get off the pedestal Shoulder to shoulder, yep, I'm a little bit farther along because I'm old. Thank mm-hmm. you, Matt. Old. You're reminding me. So old. That's just mm-hmm. but, challenging. Yeah. But it's, um, and not expecting that that relationship will mm-hmm. always have the same dynamic. Mm-hmm. Well, if I look back when we became friends, when I was a young, sweet 14-year-old, I would say, Paul, that if I'm thinking through how you're explaining mentorship, you and I had a mentoring relationship. Like, I remember you mentoring, giving me thought, insight, opportunity as a young woman. And then as we got older and I matured <laughs> and I grew up, uh, it did change. And yet yeah. we can still, we still have a, a deep friendship. But there yeah. was definitely a mentoring level I remember uh, as I was growing up in that, in, in ways of, you know, from, from speaking at churches to understanding, you know, theology and, and my understanding of God. Uh, you helped me in that. But then as, we, as I got older, that changed as well. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. There doesn't have to be a big age gap, right? No. It's just, again, yeah. somebody who may have, and probably the only reason I was able to play that role is because I was being mentored by somebody else at yeah. the same time and able to offer, again, just a few steps uh, ahead. Mm. And I'm only a year older than <clears throat> you. Okay, I was totally outed. I was, <laughs> I was just outed with my age all over so the world. So you can replay, you can replay <laughs> the audio video. But um, but yeah, it, it is that that sense of you do have something to offer somebody mm-hmm. else, and you you have something to give, and people want that; they're thirsty for it. They mm-hmm. they're, they're wanting help. So, I guess my message is: if if perhaps you need a challenge, some of you will need a challenge to go and make yourself available. Yeah. You know, uh, to to position yourself in such a way that you're accessible to people that are wanting to grow. And some of you need some tenacity to go and get it, go to get knock it, yeah. on some doors and don't give up. Yeah. yeah. Like the persistence yeah. of of if 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 you get a no, don't don't yeah. take a no. Yeah. Uh, get what you need to grow. Yeah. Th- those relationships have been the most catalytic for my growth, my development, my uh, my maturity. Mm-hmm. As takeaway, uh, last minute or so here, uh, think for a second the most profound negative wisdom that you got from a mentor in your life. 
What, what's something that they what said to you? What is it that was said to you that you're like, ah, oh, that that either changed the trajectory of my life, my thinking, whatever. But one thing, because I think that's important that those are things yeah. that we learn and we can take away. Mm -hmm. I'll let Matt have the closing word, so don't, <laughs> Thank mess, you. don't mess that up. Um, for me, it's not so much the words. It is just, um, I, th I remember, I think it's Maya Angelou, I'm going to, not do justice to this quote. You may not remember what somebody, mm -hmm. uh, exactly what they said. You may not remember exactly what they did. You'll remember how you feel. And all I remember is the safety, permission, uh, and uh, acceptance. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, to me, has been the, the greatest learning from my mentors. Hmm. Yeah, and for me, it's funny. We've been talking about words like safety and permission. There's a phrase that sticks out in my head that one wise mentor once said, and it was, reaching or leaning across the table and just saying, Matt, you don't need permission to lead. You don't. In mm -hmm. any area of your life, you don't need that permission. And as a young guy, I was 26 at the time, that broke down walls for me, but it was all in my mindset. It wasn't, those walls weren't necessarily there, but that allowed me to see through them, those obstacles and say, hey, I don't. All that I need to do is look inside, find value there, uh, and lead. Perfect way to end. Thank you, Paul Morris, Matt Hill, Matthew Hill, for being with me. And just for you, viewers and listeners, really important that uh, the takeaways for you, if it's, if it's time for you to be a mentor, to go out and ask for one, do it today. Uh, it's important for your life and for your growth and part of being in a safe and growing community. We'll see you next time on Your Story with Melinda. Nice. Good job, guys. That was amazing. Let's just do the one. So what did you think of our story this week? Let me know in the comments below or by writing a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find all our past episodes online at faithstrongtoday.com slash your story.